Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. This morning we're going to read from John chapter 15, one of my favourite sections of the scriptures. This is Jesus talking to his disciples after they've had a bite to eat in the upper room, a place that we know so well of, particularly during the Easter story. And this is what he says in John chapter 15, verses 5 onwards. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me or abide in me, and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples." As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you'll remain in my love just as I've kept my Father's commands. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each others as I have loved you. You know, when it comes to roller coasters, I think there are two types of people that ride roller coasters. There's the rippers, as then there's the grippers. The rippers and the grippers. And I think no image better sums that up than what you hopefully are seeing on your screens at the moment. The rippers and the grippers. Hey, which one are you as you look at this image? How do you, how do you ride these roller coasters? Which one is you? Maybe if you're on the online forum, you can write there in the chat section, hey, I'm a ripper. I've got the hands in the air like I just don't care. Maybe some of you are a gripper. The knuckles go white every moment of the ride. Write down which one are you in our comments section this morning. Maybe some of you are saying, actually, there's no way you would ever find me on a roller coaster, which means maybe for about 30% of you, this analogy and introduction is totally irrelevant. (laughs) But here's the point. Um, Life can feel at times a bit like a roller coaster. Carter, uh, there are times in life where you feel like you are just along for the ride. (laughs) You've strapped in, you're along for the ride. I mean, um, ask anyone who's had an unexpected long-term illness. Ask a parent. Ask anyone who's lived through a pandemic. And you can find a few of those around the place these days. But the problem I've got when life feels like this is the question that arises during times like this in life. And I've got a real problem with the question. It's the question that comes to mind. It's the question that we're going to talk about this morning. It's the question that Jesus answers. And in fact, over these couple of weeks, we've been looking at the way that Jesus answers some of life's biggest questions. Here's the question I don't like, and it's this. What do you do when there's nothing you can do? What do you do when there's nothing you can do? And if we're real, many of you might feel like that at the moment. Uh, Many of you have lost income. Many of you have lost jobs. Many of you have lost opportunities. Many of you can't travel. Many of you are struggling because you can't see people that you would like to see. Many of you have lost job opportunities. Many of you are alone. 
Many of you can't be alone at the moment. (laughs) And the issue, I guess, that I feel that we've had over the past few weeks is that that at least in the first couple of weeks, this is my thinking at least, first couple of weeks we think, a couple of weeks of lockdown, that's all cool, we've got this, (laughs) we've got this. And if, if I'm real, there's been a real element of our own strength in that type of thinking and that type of statement. And I feel like we're getting to a point in this whole cycle of life at the moment where maybe it's just me, maybe you're feeling the same way, that we feel like we're running out of steam. And we're realizing that our own internal resources are starting to get a little low. You'll know it, you'll feel it. If you're living with someone, they'll be able to tell you when your inner resources are running low. But we sense this and we feel this. To which I think the bigger problem that I've got with all of this is Jesus' answer as to how to fix this. Because I'm, I'm a go-getter sort of guy. Hopefully you've sensed that by now. I'm, I'm just, I'm an energetic sort of dude. And when it comes to these moments and this type of question, I'm the sort of guy that fixes things with a little bit of activity. What do you do when there's nothing you can do? Well, there's a whole heap of things that we can do. And that's the way I've often thought. In fact, side note, if, if some of you are already saying, Sam, we've already been through this, you're absolutely right. It felt like, mm, I don't know, 12 months ago we were talking about these things. <laughs> and as my wife reminds me, that, oh, I've got lots of answers to this question. Get wisdom, get wisdom. There's work in the waiting. There's work in the waiting. And yet, For me, this time around, Jesus' answer and where the Holy Spirit had been leading me is to a place that's distinctly different, and I've got a real problem with it. In fact, it's just way too passive. Way too passive. (laughs) Not enough energy. And if you don't like his answer, this also will just remember, I'm just the mail boy. I'm just delivering this message from Jesus here. And we should listen to Jesus in this, whether you're a person of the faith or not. We should listen to what Jesus has got to say about all of this. And probably the prime reason behind all of that is this. Look, question, how would you describe Jesus' ministry? I mean, this is a guy who lived in a time of crisis. This is a guy who lived when he walked down the street, would see people hanging from Roman crosses. This is a guy that lived when there was oppression and all sorts of stuff happening. How would you describe his life? And as Dallas Willard puts it, He would describe Jesus' life as relaxed. Relaxed. And here's his answer as to how you are relaxed when you know there's nothing you can do. He says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you abide, if you rest, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Here's what Jesus says to all of you roller coasters riders out there, whether you're a ripper or a grimper. <laughs> when you are along for the ride, then simply abide. He's saying, I'm the, I'm the sort of guy that if you take my advice on hand, I can turn you into a ripper. You can be the sort of hands in the air like you just don't care. That is one of the great resources of Christianity. That when you feel safe in the harness of what we would call God's sovereignty, which is his wise control over your life, when you feel safe in the fact that God has got a hold of you, no matter how up and down, left and right, this life could look like, you feel safe and you can feel Relaxed. <laughs> to, which, to which some of you would be saying, Sam, 
if Jesus Christ knew what my life looks like this week, he would hardly be relaxed. <laughs> he would hardly be relaxed. <laughs> and I get it. I, I, get, I think he gets it. I'm sure he gets it. He lived it in his humanity. There's a, but there was a great quote. There was a great quote from Warren Drainey, who's a Northsider who dared me to get this into a message. And Warren, if you're watching this morning, it's in. Warren sent me this great quote that said, the first church began in tears, doubt, and lockdown. Jesus walks into the room and says, love others, and the rest is history. In fact, the rest is not history. It's the present. It's God's people living, living with a calm and a stability and a peace and a pause because they've learned to abide. Abide in me, says Jesus. Now, I don't think that if he was here today, Jesus would say, I am the vine, you are the branches. You've got to remember that Jesus was the ultimate preacher. He was just pulling on every story that he could to get his message across to his followers. But you've got to realize that he was coming down from the upper room in Jerusalem. He was walking through the Kidron Valley, which is that big valley you see in all the photos in front of the Dome of the Rock in Jerusalem. And in the bottom of that valley, it's believed that there would have been a vineyard. And so Jesus is just walking past this vineyard and he says, guys, well, you're about to go through all sorts of crisis and trouble. I need to explain to you how you're going to have the resources to do this. You know, come to think of it, I'm the vine and you're the branches. You've got to stay connected to me. I think if he was here today, he would be walking around and he would see us with all of these wonderful devices. <laughs> and, and he would say, wow, these devices are incredibly powerful. They're, they're incredibly wonderful. I mean, the computing power in this device. There's more computing power in this device than a generation ago. Some of you remember this. You'd need a supercomputer the size of this room to give you the power of this device. I mean, we sent men to the moon with less computing power than this device. It's incredible. But the thing we've found about this device is that if, if you don't charge it, it runs low. Just ask anyone that's got kids and the amount of data they consume. These devices, it gives you warnings. It says, I'm running out of battery. It gives you even greater warnings where it says, I'm on low power mode. And we just ignore it because we're playing Candy Crush on the thing or we're tweeting whatever we had for lunch. <laughs> I think the, the, whole, the whole point being that Jesus says, if you want the power of all the blessings of this device to work, you've got to keep it connected to its power source. And our lives work the same way. That we are discovering in this season of life. Yeah, we got this. And then horizons continue to shift and suddenly we realize that we're on low power mode. Some of you have realized that this week. And we need to stay connected. Our batteries are draining. And the only way that you can get the things that God wants for you, the only way that you can get the things that only God can give you in this time, peace and calm and stability and joy, is to remain connected to the power source, to which you say, duh, I know this. There's some people probably already thinking, Sam, you've just given us one verse. We need something more complex than this. <laughs> no, we don't. Because, <laughs> answer me this. If, if you and, and I know this, you know this. If we know this so well, why is it, tell me, why is it that it's likely that you and I spend more time keeping these devices charged than we do our own souls? 
Look, life can catch us off guard and here's what I've found in this amazing place that's called the church and across the generations is that you find people, those people that abide, those people that remain connected, those strong Christians that are plugged into God all the time, life catches them off guard and they're poised for it. They're positioned for it. They're ready for it. And there seems to be this inexplicable peace and calm that flows from them. And how because they remain connected. They know how to abide. And so how do we abide? What does that look like? Two things this morning, real fast, and that is that you simply, you simply talk to God and you read about God. If you want to abide in God, you talk to God. And when we talk about talking about God, we can get that very confused in church land. The church word for that is prayer, by the way. And lots of people think prayer is something that you need to go to a Toastmasters course in order to learn how to do, that it's some big presentation before the group that you're a part of. Or maybe some of you are so petrified of praying because you haven't got your these and thous right. You don't know how to frame it right. But my question for you this morning is this. Do you talk to your friends like that? Do you walk up to your friend and say, how art thee today? (laughs) Oh, it is so wonderful for thy to be with thee today. (laughs) No, we say, what are you doing, bozo? What are you up to, buffhead? (laughs) Now, I'm not suggesting for a minute that you call God buffhead, but... The point I'm trying to make is that he's your heavenly father. So you just talk to him. You don't talk to a flatmate like that. You don't talk to your spouse like that. How are thee this morning, my love? <laughs> you say, how you doing? How you going? Walk around the house. How you going, God? How you doing? How you doing, Dad? What's happening? I've been thinking about this. I've been wondering about that. Talk to God and talk to God real. Talk to God real in the way too and say, I'm feeling frustrated, Dad. I'm over this, Dad. I'm not sure about this, Dad. I love you, Dad. I'm thank you for, thankful for this, Dad. Talk to God. Talk to God and read about God. Read about God. And here's the thing. Read about God from the thing we call the Bible. Read about God and who he is from the Bible. Because here's the thing. You don't develop a life of faith through a diet of Instagram posts. It doesn't count. I hate to break the news to you, church. You need to have a healthy pyramid of spiritual food and the wheat and the grains of the nuts of that spiritual food is reading about him firsthand. You wouldn't read about a friend if you're in the room and they're right there with you and you just read their Instagram posts about who they are. Go straight to the source. Which means for some of you this week only, and I love your enthusiasm, I love this, But I speak to those of you who have been super keen and doing an amazing job in the last couple of weeks. But I've got a word for some of you this morning. For some of you, please, please, please put the podcasts down. (laughs) Including this one for a week. (laughs) Man cannot live off podcasts alone, Jesus said in the desert. Man cannot live off Instagram posts alone, Jesus said in the desert. You get the point. I love your enthusiasm, but what if we spent a week learning about him directly from him? You talk to God and you read about God. And that's simply the wrestle for us this morning because it seems way too simple. If you're along for the ride, then simply abide. And I stand corrected as I think about all of this out loud because this is not too passive. In fact, 
abiding can be one of the most profoundly positive and active things that you can do this week. In fact, just try and abide for a day and see how difficult it is. You see, it's about choosing to choose, remember church. It's about choosing to respond rather than react. And it is so hard to respond by abiding in this way because in the midst of adversity, you have the choice this week between being faithful and faithless. And being faithless, well, it doesn't look that spiritual. It can look like all sorts of things, all sorts of behaviors, hopelessness, fleeing, over-medicating, over-drinking, getting caught up in distractions, overspending, TV and video games, resentment, denial. What, just pick whatever your vice is. But friends, let's remind ourselves that abiding's not passive. It's probably the most active thing that you can choose to respond with this week. And so to help you remember that with this week as we finish this morning, here's what I want you to do this week. Here's your homework. What if, what if every time you and I went to the wall socket to plug in this device, as we inserted the socket into this device, we spent a moment there either talking to God or reading about God. Here's a tip. Place your Bible next to your phone charger this week. Open up the book of Galatians or Ephesians or what any of the shuns are, whatever you do, as long as you read. <laughs> Just ask my wife. But what if we, what if we, when we, every time we plug this into the socket, we either talk to God or we read about God as we sought not only to charge our devices, but to charge our souls. Because here's the hope and the dream. If we learn to abide, if we learn to just rest, that as we continue to journey through this roller coaster that is life at the moment, here's what I want you to do at home as a memory of all of this. I want you to get your hands ready. And guess what? We're not in church, so you don't have to worry about looking like one of those kooky Christians if you're worried about that, that that's what people look like in church, right? I want you to do this in your lounge rooms or in your bedroom or don't do it in your car if you're listening to this back or midweek. But here's the point. Raise your hands in a posture like this. And it is a posture of abiding and worship. But it's a posture that says, as I choose to abide and understand in the harness of God's safety this week, that Jesus through the abiding will turn me into a ripper, not a gripper. Not someone who is absolutely consumed by their own anxiety and view of the world, but someone who is safe, someone who has found rest in the Father's hands. And we'll leave the rest in the Father's hands. When you're along for the ride, let's simply abide. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.